Joshua chapter 1. I want to talk to you tonight about proclaiming God's word. Amen? We don't really realize it, but God wants us to realize it, that this word is a sword. Amen? How many got your Bibles here? This is a sword. This is, a, this is something you can do damage with. And uh, they told you once you got saved, you couldn't do damage no more. Well, you can, amen? You can do damage to the devil with this right here. Can you say amen? How many want to still be violent? You can be violent with this thing right here. Amen? You can be violent in the spirit against the principalities of darkness. Amen? God didn't save us to take away that. He, t he saved us to channel it. Amen. If you like to fight before or you are a fighter and you still got that fighting spirit, don't lose it. Just channel it to the devil. Amen. And, and put it on him. So God wants us to learn how to use this. I want to give you some good verses tonight. If you've got your Bibles, your notes, get them ready. Uh, some things I might mention just to write down and, and read later. One thing I saw that I see that blesses me, I've seen it in my own house and I've seen it in others, is when people take notes, We've talked about this before, just to kind of reiterate it again. When you take notes, um, and this is not to make anybody feel bad that doesn't, but it's just, it's such a, an important thing to do. When you hear, a part of that word automatically gets in you, obviously. But then when you hear it and write it down, more is retained. Then if you'll hear it and write it down, and then later on go back and look at it again, you'll, you'll retain it all. And uh, I've seen my daughters at our house going back over their notes at night, going over their message that, they, that was preached, looking over it again. I remember one time we were at conference and I remember seeing Brian, me and him room together one, one time and uh, going back to the hotel after and he was going through his notes from the sermon and just rereading re them again. How many know that's how you get the word in you? Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I don't think any of us are geniuses in here. If we are, then praise God. But I don't think we're all geniuses. And if you'll get that word again and again in your spirit, it sticks. Amen. So learn to write it down. Learn to take notes and uh, write the verses down and go back over them and look at them again. So I want to start in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And I want to talk to you about proclaiming God's word. How many know it's one thing to hear it? It's another thing to put it into practice. It's another thing to proclaim it. I believe that a lot of times we're defeated because we don't know how to use the word of God. There's a way to use the word of God. There's a time to use the word of God. We need to learn the verses, learn the Bible, so that we can quote it, so we can speak it to our situation. Speak it to the enemy. Speak it over a situation you're living in. Joshua 1.8 says this powerful verse, the book of the law, that's the whole Bible, shall not depart from your mouth. That means you must speak it. It says, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That means all the time. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. How many know it doesn't do any good to know the Bible if you don't live it? Amen? Observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, how many like to be prosperous tonight? Successful. Blessed. Well, here's how. Observe the things in this book. And it says then it will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. So if you say, someone says, I want to be successful. The only way to be truly successful is to be walking in the word of God. Living the word of God. Preaching the word of God. Amen. Speaking the word of God. Proclaiming the word of God over your situation. 
And, and I'm going to give you some examples of that tonight. I'm going to give you a few things to write down. First of all, what does God say about his own word? Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 4. I want you to move around the Bible with me tonight. I want you to look at many of these verses. Hebrews chapter 4. And I want us to practice something tonight. I'm going to do something I've, I don't do a lot of, know if I've ever done it before. I want you to read the word with me tonight. Amen? I want you to read this out with me. Read it as I read it at my, at my rhythm. Amen? So you're not, we're not all over the place. But I want us to read this because I was talking about this in discipleship yesterday. There's a power in speaking the word. It's great to read it. But it's even more powerful when you, when you read it out loud and you hear your own voice because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? And how many know that when we speak the word, it's, it's, a, it's a power, it's a source. It is a, it is, it is a strength that, that the devil hates. Amen? He hates hearing the word of God. And he especially hates it when it's connected with faith. And then even hates it even more when it's connected with faith and a lifestyle. Amen? There's something that makes the devil tremble. So let's read this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? There's something powerful about reading the word. Amen? So as we look at that, we see that this word, this Bible, this truth is a sword. It is the only thing in the armor of God out of Ephesians that is offensive. All the armor that you see, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, shotting your, go- your feet with the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, those are all defense. But the word of God is our only offense. And we need to use it like a sword. Amen? You don't hold, you can't do no damage with the sword inside the holder. You take the sword out and you use it. And it says it cuts and it divides. And when we speak this word and when we get a revelation of the power of the word. See, a lot of Christians haven't had a revelation of the power of the word. They get saved. They believe Jesus died for them. But they haven't really understood what they have. They don't really understand that they have the answer to every question in the world sitting in front of them. That they have healing in front of them. That they have peace in front of them. That they have joy in front of them. That you have a solution for your problems right in your hands. Amen? And you've got a weapon that is greater than any weapon in this world. Amen? It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's living and powerful. That's what's amazing about the Bible. It's living and it's powerful. But how many know something that's living and powerful is no good if it's not used? You have the greatest weapon in the world, and if you don't use it, it's meaningless. And what the devil wants is for us to have that Bible sitting on the shelf. The devil wants us to have a, have a, have a head knowledge of the Bible and not ever apply it. It doesn't do any good even if we know and believe tonight that this is the most amazing book in the world if we don't use it. Okay, he wants us to keep it in the shelf. He doesn't want us to talk about it. He doesn't want us to apply it, but God does. 
So we see what Jesus, God says about his word. Another thing was John chapter 6, verse 63. Don't look at it for time. Just write this one down. It's, Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Can you say amen? The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. What a powerful verse. And if you've never read John chapter 6, I recommend you read it. Amen? John chapter 6. Read that chapter. Read all of how Jesus talks about the word and how Jesus talks about the power of the spirit. There are the words that I speak to your spirit and they are life. Amen? I want to remind you tonight, the spoiled brats that we are sometimes as Americans. Amen? I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just the truth. We have four and five and six and ten Bibles. Some of you don't even open it up sometimes. Some of you don't, don't even look at it. You might not, have even have, might not even have one here tonight, but you got five at home. And countries around the world, there's people who live off a page. There's people who would die to have a page of the Bible. Did you know that, Christine, is your thing right there, your Bible? What is it, 52 countries? The Bible is illegal in 52 countries. Illegal. Meaning you can't have it. You heard uh, Zev when he came from Israel saying that in Israel they don't even sell Bibles. They're not even for sale. And so here we have something that we take for granted and we go, oh, it's just another church service maybe in our mind. We just, oh, you know, we're just going to come open this thing up and let's see what it has to say. We don't realize that people around the world would die to have a page, to have a verse. Amen? Don't take for granted tonight what we have in our hands. The perfect living word of God. Amen? It says, the words I speak are spirit and they are life. The Bible's not just words. It is divinely inspired of God. You know what the Bible says in Jeremiah 5, Jeremiah 23, and Jeremiah 20? That the word of God is fire. The word of God is fire. Let me read 514 to you. The Lord of God of hosts says, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth, fire. Isn't that powerful? And this people would, and it shall devour them. I want you to picture your enemy tonight, which is the devil, and all those who abstain with the devil as wood. And when you speak the word of God, it's like fire upon wood. Amen? Now we can't see that in the physical, but we can see it in the spirit. When you speak the word of God, fire comes out of your mouth. And wood is burnt by fire. And so when you speak that word, you know, this is why we're seeing a defeat in the world right now, around the world, not a total defeat because we'll never be defeated, but we're seeing the church pushed back because the church has stopped proclaiming the word of God. The church has stopped saying, thus says the Lord. The church has stopped saying the Bible says. And the church has stopped preaching the truth. And they've stopped preaching uh, the things that, that hurt and the things that pierce and the things that transform. And we've kind of pulled back as a general church. And that's why a lot of things have happened. That's why today so many laws are being changed. Because the church is not preaching the fire of the word of God to devour the wood of the enemy. Amen? But you and I have a, we have a, we have a torch in our mouths. Amen. And that torch is fire, it says. I want to read that again. Jeremiah 5, 14. Because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire. 
and this people would, and it shall devour them. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, it's not, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces? Amen? Jeremiah 29 says, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. There's been times as believers we tried to say, I'm, I'm done. And God says, no, you're not. Amen. I'm not done with you. Amen. Aren't you thankful God's not done with you tonight? That even when we want to quit, he says, uh-uh. It's like fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah said, I'm tired of preaching to these wicked people. And he said, I quit. And God wouldn't let him quit. He said, nope, it's like fire shut up in my bone. The word of God is like fire. So write that down. Another thing the word of God is, is a seed. The word of God, you got to look at the word of God like a seed. What do you do with a seed? You plant it. What do you do? You put it in the ground. What do you do with a seed? You expect something to grow. If you're not growing, it's because you're not planting the seed of the word of God in your life. It, it always cracks me up when I hear someone say, uh, that comes through a church, they say, we're not growing. I mean, how many know people can say that? We're not growing. It's not because we're doing something wrong. We're preaching the Bible. If you're not growing, it's because you're not reading the, the book. It's because you're not applying the book. Amen? Each person individually has to grow. Amen? Each person individually has to take the word and sow it into their lives. Cannot fail. That's what the word of God does. The word can't fail. By the way, on the seed part, Matthew 13, 18 to 23, if you just write that down and look at it later. The word of God cannot fail in what it's been sent for. This is one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 55, 11. I know I'm going fast, but I want you to write these verses down. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. How many have ever heard that God's word does not come back void? When God's word is spoken, it's going to do what it says it's going to do. Amen? It's going to produce something, God's word, and sometimes it's not immediate. Sometimes it doesn't happen like we want it to happen. But the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, my word goes forth from my mouth and it shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish, what he says, what I please. And it shall prosper, watch this, in the thing for which I sent it. Whenever you hear the word sent in the Bible, something goes along with that word and it's called spoken or preached. God's word has to be preached. God's word has to be spoken, amen? It's like life sitting there on that book, but until it's spoken, nothing happens. So we have to learn to speak the word. And if you're here, we talked about this this morning, healings and, and needing uh, to be free from addictions and, and, and marital problems and finances and all the things we face in life. We need to learn. This is a follow-up from this morning. Because maybe uh, this morning in the name of Jesus, you got delivered from something, you got healed from something, you got touched, you got, uh, God did something this morning, but now that was kind of like a, a credit. He says, let me show you my power, but now I want you to learn to use my power. And so now going forward, you might face another problem, and God wants you to speak his word over that problem. He wants you to learn how to use it as an offensive weapon against the devil, Amen. Romans 10.8 says, what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth 
and it's in your heart. Amen? But how is it going to get in our heart if we don't read it? When we read it, it gets in. When we read it and we pray over it, it gets in deeper. When we read it and we apply it and we pray over it, God brings forth fruit. Amen? Another thing that happens when you talk about the word of God is you can learn how to proclaim it to people, to ourselves, and to others. Okay? You can learn how to preach or proclaim the word to yourself. I mean, no, you need to proclaim the word to yourself. You need to learn verses. And it's like, here's an example. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's, that's a verse you can learn. And, and you can preach that to yourself. When you feel like quitting or you feel down, you say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? That's not just a, a cool saying. That's the word of God. And when you speak the word of God, something happens. Amen? Have you ever spoken the word to your situation? Amen? If you haven't, learn to do that. Fear, for example. You're afraid. You learn the verse, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love. All right. Of power and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear. You are afraid when you say that. You're in a situation where you're trembling. You're really afraid. Your heart's beating fast. You're facing a real problem. But remember, the word you're saying is a real word from the real God who's bigger than the real problem. So if you speak that word over that problem, God's word will change the circumstance. Amen. Listen, the circumstances of your life can't change God's word. But God's word can change the circumstances of your life. Isn't that awesome? Your circumstances don't affect the word one bit. But the word affects that circumstance. Satan, God has not given me that spirit of fear you're trying to put on me. But of love and of power and a sound mind. Maybe you have to say it ten times, but you keep saying it over and over. Amen? And, it, and something will happen. Faith will arise in you. Why? Because you're speaking the word of God. How many know when you get saved, you really get saved because you heard the gospel? Romans chapter 10. I want you to look at this. This is a, a, a powerful thing. Uh, and, and right there in Romans 10, 8, what I read, these are some verses that are very powerful for salvation. As a, as a believer this morning or tonight, you need to learn these verses because this is how you lead someone to Jesus. Romans chapter 10, I read verse 8, says the word is near you. And then if you'll read with me 9 and 10, those are the verses we pray at the altar call. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. I want you to read that with me. You there? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen? Oh, I tell you the devil hates to listen to a church reading the word of God. And he hates it even worse when you believe it. When you believe it, amen? I'm telling you, this is power. Reading the word, speaking the word, 
and believing the word. Now, we just read 9 and 10, which is salvation. You need to learn those. So that when you pray with someone at your workplace, you can say, look, we're going to pray this prayer of salvation right now. And you repeat that prayer with them. And you confess with them that Jesus is Lord. Now look at verse 13. But how does that happen? Read this with me. Verse 13, 14. I'm going to read 13 and 14 with me. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Guess who the preacher is? You, me, us. We're preachers. Why are we preachers? Because we're speaking the word of God. You don't have to have a pulpit or credentials or a call or any of the other thing like that because the Bible says that all of us are evangelists tonight. Amen? We're all preachers of the word of God. And if we would all preach the word of God, this world would get saved because people get saved by hearing the word of God. And so they watch your life. Did you know that you're, in a, li you're a living epistle? Some people don't know what an epistle is. You're a living book. You're a living life. You're a living testimony of God. God has written his heart, his, 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 his words on your heart, and people are watching you, and you're the, you're the you're, it's, again, these are not sayings that we're just trying to sound good. They're the truth. You might be the only book, the only Bible somebody ever reads. You might be the only thing they ever see. Someone might not ever pick up a, a book, but they may look at your life and say, you have something I don't have. Amen? You, 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 you're different. And they're watching you being a living epistle, watching you be the book, the Bible, and live that life. And they're going to say, what is it you have? And then you'll quote that scripture to them. But you need to live it. Amen? Don't just open it, live it. So we see here that it's impossible to be saved without somebody calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 15, 7 says, When there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know what that a good while, you know that a good while ago God chose us that by the mouth, by, by mouth the Gentiles should hear the word, hear the gospel, and believe. How many know we need to hear the word to be saved? Amen? So here's the one we've been talking about, Romans 10, 17. This is just a few more verses coming, coming down. I'm going to start it. So faith comes by and... Amen. Psalms 119, 105. I'm going to start it. Your word is a... And a... All right, let's do that again. Your word and a light unto my path now I'm going to make a statement again tonight but don't get mad at me don't get mad at me we're an illiterate Bible generation amen I don't say that to put you down but we don't read the Bible like we should how many of say that's the truth but we can start amen if you can quote stats from sports people or you can talk more about a game or you can talk about anything in your in oh I got quiet in here I knew that was going to get like that see when I begin to quote these these scriptures 
and we don't know them, that's real, those are some real simple verses. I don't say that to make you feel bad. I say that to challenge you to start reading the scriptures more. Amen? Because we need to know the word of God. Guess who knows the word of God? Satan. He can quote it back and forth. So how are you going to defeat the devil if he knows the word of God better than you? Amen? We got to learn the word of God. And none of us, listen, I'm not trying to put myself up here. None of us know it like we should. I don't know anybody in here and quote the entire Bible. But you start learning, you start memorizing, you start reading it. And how many know the more you read something, the more you retain? But you can't be like some of us were in school. Say, Lord, help me with this test, Father. Oh, Lord, help me with this test. And you haven't studied one bit. <laughs> Lord Jesus, do a miracle. Come on, how many did that? How many went into a test? You hadn't studied nothing, but you said, God, help me with this test. The rest of y'all are lying. Oh, Lord, help me remember. And God's saying, how are you going to remember? You didn't read anything. Lord, do a miracle. Lord, you did the loaves and the fishes. You can give me some supernatural memory right now, Father. Amen. But we've got to read to, to retain. Amen. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I want to begin to close tonight with a few other powerful things. Proclaiming God's word. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Proclaiming God's, this leads right into what I wanted to say, proclaiming God's word to the devil. Whatever Jesus does, we should do. He's the best example to follow. If Jesus quoted the scriptures to the devil, we should quote scriptures to the devil. And here we see exactly what I was talking about. I'm, I'm going to read this for you because it's quite a few verses. But if you look at verse 1, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Watch this. And said to him, watch Satan proclaim the scripture. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in, in, his, in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Satan is quoting scripture to Jesus. Jesus says, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. We realize here that the praying and even the fasting wasn't what defeated the devil. The word of God was what defeated the devil. Amen? And that's what you have to learn, lean on tonight. It doesn't mean you don't pray. It doesn't mean you don't fast. But the word of God is how you're going to defeat the devil. 
But like I said, you have to believe it. You have to, you have to quote it and you have to believe it. And the Bible says he, he left him and the angels came and ministered to him. If you're discouraged, if you're frustrated, if you need joy and hope, you need to proclaim the word of God. Amen? Here's another thing. Besides proclaiming it to the devil, proclaim it and confess it to your situation. The word confess, here's what the word confess means. To say the same thing as. When you confess the word of God, you're saying what God says. And we, 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 we talked about this a little bit this morning. If you grew up and somebody told you you're never going to be anything, you're never going to amount to anything, you're, gonna, you're not going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to be poor, you're not, all these words that were spoken over you, those are confessions. And we grow up a lot of times confessing what was spoken over us. I'm poor, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm weak, I'm this, I'm that, I don't, I can't. We grow up confessing, and today, even as adults, we confess things that were spoken over us. Confession of our word. So we need to change our vocabulary. And we need to begin to confess what the Bible says over our lives. We need to begin to say what Jesus says. Romans 4.17 says, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they were. You know you have the power tonight to speak over a situation that does not exist as though it does. Amen. That's faith. You, you can say, I am not going to live this life anymore. I'm going to live this life. And you speak faith over your situation. You speak faith over, I'm not going to be overdrawn in my bank account. I'm going to have money in my bank account because I'm a child of the king, because I'm a child of the promise. I don't have to live like this. You can speak over something that's not as though it were. That's not hypocrisy. That's faith. And remember this morning we said that God is moved by faith. Hebrews 4.14. Let's look at this real quick. Go to, I think we're close to nowhere in Matthew. Go back over to Hebrews again. I want to have you read a few more verses with me. Hebrews chapter 4. Give me an amen when you're there. Verse 14. Read it with me. Seeing. That then we, that, sorry, I got to read it right myself. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Confession. There's power in confession. 1 John 4, 19 says, if you confess your sins to the Lord, he is what? And to what? And from what? That's, the, that's, what the, that's what God wants. A church who speaks the word. See? And the more you read, the more you learn. And then when you're praying, you're praying the word of God. You'll find yourself praying. You'll find yourself having, having scriptures that you really love. And you know, scriptures, you, your go-to scriptures. Amen. Your go-to. How many got some go-to scriptures? If you don't have some go-to scriptures, you need to get some go-to scriptures. Some verses that you that you stand on and 
some verses that you have memorized and some verses that you use in certain situations. Let's go to Hebrews 10. We see this word again about confession. I want, I want you to, if you don't see anything else tonight, I want you to see that word confession because we need to confess God's word. Okay? We need to confess that. Look how powerful that is if you go back to Romans. We are saved tonight by confession. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there's salvation in confession. There's power in confession. There's healing in confession. There's faith in confession. So we need to learn to confess the word of God. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is what? Faithful. Let's read that again. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen? So when you're in a situation where it seems like things are not going like they're supposed to be going, you read the word of God to him. And you say, Lord, your word says. Listen, don't think that that will upset God. That will please God. God, your word says. God, let me remind you that your word says. And you read that to him, and he's up there like a daddy that he is, just smiling down on his child, saying, yes, daughter, yes, son. There you go. That's all I wanted you to do. I just wanted you to remind yourself. I don't really need reminding, but I like it when you remind me for yourself. How many know that when we're reminding God, we're really reminding ourselves, because he already knows, but he likes it when we do it. He likes it when we use his word. So circumstances and situations we go through are difficult. Temptations, trials, heartaches, problems. But the Lord gives us promises. The book of Psalms is full of promises. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. And there's things in there that we can learn how to use. Hebrews 4.2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well to them. Listen. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Does that mean the word doesn't work? No. The word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You cannot read the word and proclaim the word without faith. Faith has to be there along with the reading of the word. You can't just say it and not believe it. But when you believe it, you can be sure it's going to work. Amen? Because the word is perfect and it will not come back void. And if you'll connect faith with the word, nothing can go wrong. You cannot lose a battle. Amen? So let's read Joshua 1.8 again. I'm closing. I want you to read this with me again. Actually, let's not go there. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to close with Joshua 1.8 in one second. I'm going to give you some things to write down, just some, some examples tonight. You hear us talk about this a lot at offering time. because it's Why? Because it's a financial promise verse. When you have financial problems, you quote Philippians 4.19 to God. 
And you say, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his in glory through Christ Jesus. Okay? So you quote that scripture. You say, Lord, I know that my bank account says it's overdrawn, but you say in your word that you will supply all my needs according to your riches in glory. You're speaking the word to the situation. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow. Amen? Deuteronomy 28.2 is another promise. I want you to write that down. Luke 6.38 is another promise. Malachi 3.10-12 is another promise. Those are, I'll, I'll say those again. Deuteronomy 28.2. Luke 6.38. Malachi 3.10-12. Those are promise verses. If you bring all, you, we, we have it on our tithe envelopes. If you bring all the tithes into the storehouse, don't you know that I will open up blessings upon you that cannot be contained? I'll rebuke the devourer, amen? Those are promises. So when you come to the house of God and you give your tithe, like Judy said this morning, and people have testified over and over again, do what's right. Give your money to God. Regardless of the circumstances, you hold that envelope in your hand and you say, God, your word says that if I can test you in anything, I can test you in this. And I'm going to put this into practice. And I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, that this is not going to bounce. Amen. The same thing happens with healing. Write these down. For time, I'm not going to have us read them. Healing. Here's some healing verses. 1 Peter 2.24. Write that down. Matthew 8.16 and 17. Psalms 107.20. Exodus 15, 26. I'll say them again. 1 Peter 2, 24. Matthew 8, 16 to 17. Psalm 107, 20. Exodus 15, 26. These are just some examples. You begin to study the scriptures. You begin to study the word. There was a time, how many know that we have in our walk ups and downs? We have times that we're stronger than others. We have times when we're closer to God than others. We have times when we're, when, we're, when we're doing things more stronger than others. I remember a time in Costa Rica when I had like a 10-page thing. And these are things that you, when you talk about them, you say, i got to get back to that again. I had like a 10-page thing of promises, of verses. And we had prayer every morning, just like I do now. I pray in the mornings, but I need to get this thing back out again. And at that time, I would take, I would take the time and I would read those scriptures and I would pray those scriptures and I would speak those scriptures over my situations. There's power in that. Amen? But the problem is, again, as we get back to the, what we're living in right now, we're in this microwave, everything fast. I don't have time, like Pastor Ben Musa said in the meeting, I don't have time for everything, anything, but we, the least thing we have time for is God. Right? How many know we have time? We just have to prioritize. That's not condemnation. That's just the truth. We have to prioritize and we have to take time. We have to, we have to set aside time, time aside to read the word. We have to set time aside to pray. Amen? God doesn't want just a, just a hey God, how you doing today? He wants us to spend time with him. Amen? Just spend time with him. Sometimes you don't even have to be praying loud or saying things, but you're just thinking about him. 
You're driving down the road and you turn the radio off. You're at home and you turn the TV off. You could do something else, but you just say, God, I just want to talk to you right now. Those moments are what builds your faith. And then when you add to that, that you just open up the Bible, you just say, you know what? I'm not going to do this right now. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to open up this book. Now listen, again, I can't say this enough. There is nothing wrong. I look at every morning when I send you scriptures, I use my phone. I use my phone a lot for the Bible. But there's nothing like pulling out the Bible, the physical handheld Bible, and moving the pages and reading it. There's just something about that, amen? It's not more spiritual. There's just something about it. Okay, so take time to pull that thing out and, and hopefully your Bible is dirty. Hopefully it's marked up. Amen, hopefully it's got, it don't have dust on it, praise God, amen. But wipe that dust off it. And listen, this is not a condemnation message. This is a get back to the Bible message. Get back in the word message, amen. Because you know what? When troubling times come, what happens, church, if the Lord continues to tarry and we, we go through some troublesome times and the word of God becomes illegal in the United States? Are we going to know enough of it? We got to make sure we know enough of it that if we don't have a Bible in our hands, we can still use it. Right? We've got to get it in here. We've got to get it in here. The Bible actually says that we hide the word of God in our hearts so we will not sin against it. So we need to be reading it. And I know people have trouble reading. I know people have trouble retaining. I know we have what people would call ADD and all the DDDs and CDDs and OCDs and all the things like that. Amen? I know those things exist. But if you ask God to help you, he will help you. Right? He will help you. But if you're trying to read the Bible while the TV's on, or you're trying to read the Bible while you're driving down the road, it's going to be a little hard. Amen? we got to set time apart to spend time in his word. Victory over sin. As we close, musicians, you can come tonight. Verse, here's some verses. Victory over sin. 1 Peter 4, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Romans 6, 14. And as they're coming, I want us to go back to Joshua 1, and I want to read this again together as a church. Joshua chapter 1. You there? Joshua chapter 1. Let's read this together. Give me an amen when you're back there again. Joshua 1, verse 8. Ready? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen? Father, tonight we know the power of the word. Help us. Help us to apply it. Help us to learn it. Help us to retain it. Help us to study it. God, none of us, none of us read the Bible as much as we should. God, we all need to read the Bible more. None of us know the Bible like we should. None of us can quote the Bible like we should. But Lord, give us a revelation tonight of the power that is in this book. 
that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord Jesus, help us tonight to understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, what an army we could be, Father, if we would be people of the word. Lord, the Bereans in Acts 17, 11 would study every message and they would go home and they would make sure that what was being preached line up with the word of God. Lord, we would not fall and we would not fail and we would not be deceived if we would be a people that study the word. The Bible says to study yourself. Study to show yourself approved. We need to individually consume the word we have discipleships we have ladies of virtue we have uh, bible studies we have different things we do at different times but this is you at home this is you you know you, you, you might not have the habit but you can start tonight when you lay down to go to sleep the best thing you can do before you go to sleep is read the word and let the word of God be the last thing that enters your eyes, that enters your heart before you sleep. When you wake up, let the word of God be the first thing you read. Don't get online or open the newspaper and read the newspaper and then read God's word. Read God's word first. Make him a priority. Make it number one in your life. There's a power in that. We have people in our church that listen to the word of God together. Read the word of God together every day. That's powerful. The family and the people that read the word of God are strong families. If you don't have a devotional, get a devotional. Something that helps you to apply the word in a, in a tangible way. If you don't know how to read, you can listen to the word. The Bible will actually speak to you on, on phones nowadays. You can listen to the word. Or read it and listen. Do what you have to do to get the word of God in. Father, tonight we are hungry for your word. We understand the power of your word. And we understand the power of the confession of your word. And tonight we ask, Lord, that you'd help us to rightfully divide it and use it for your glory. Use it, Father, to be victorious.